Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Bible. I am Adam Zander and have been serving as a missionary in Romania for over a decade. Join me every week as we look at simple thoughts from the Bible to help us in our daily walk with Christ and our relationships with our fellow man. Hello once again from Romania. I hope you're doing well today. Today, I want us to look at the rapture or catching away of the church. This is a great doctrine that we need to hear about often. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is coming back for his children. This is one of the greatest hopes and comforts a child of God can have. The word rapture is not found in the Bible. Rapture means to seize by force. It comes from the Latin word raptore. The Bible uses the phrase caught up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. So Christ is coming to take us or catch us away from this world. In John chapter 14, the disciples were sad when Jesus told them he must go away. At that time, they did not understand what he was about to do. But Jesus told them he would go back to the Father, prepare a place for them in heaven, and one day return to take them home. Let's read that in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. What a great blessing it will be to be home with our Savior. Today, let's look at this great doctrine in detail. My goal is to encourage you and give you hope and comfort with this study. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, along with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, is where we find the doctrine of the rapture or catching away of the saints. It seems, by reading these passages, that Paul expected Christ to come back in his time. We are also told during the Lord's Supper, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. So we are to remember the Lord's sacrifice till he comes. The first coming of the Lord and his sacrifice is very important. His return for his church, and after that his second coming, is also very important. When will the rapture take place? We do not know exactly when the rapture of the church will take place. We can, however, guess at the time of year, based on the below verses in the book of Song of Solomons. From these verses, Christ may come for his bride in the springtime. Let's read Song of Solomons, chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. This is a picture of the Lord 
Lord and his bride and him coming and taking her away. Meanwhile, while we wait for the Lord to come back, we need to keep busy serving the Lord. Luke chapter 19, verse 13, the Bible says, And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Let's now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is one of the passages in the Bible that tell us about the doctrine of the rapture of the saints. The first thing we learn about the rapture of the church is that it is referred to as a mystery. 1 Corinthians 15:51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is about to reveal a mystery. That is, it is something that has not been known in the past. This mystery is not the second advent or the second coming of Christ when he calls Israel to himself. That was known in the Old Testament scriptures. This must be a new mystery that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal. Here it also says sleep. Sleep here refers to death. This is the first part of this mystery. We will not all sleep or die before the Lord returns. Second, we will be changed. It says in verse 51, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. The dead will be given a new incorruptible body, while the living will receive a new incorruptible body on the way up. Next, in verse 52 in 1 Corinthians 15, we read, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Third, we will be changed very fast. The twinkling of an eye. You can barely see it. Let's read 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Fourth, it says, at the last trump. A trumpet makes a sound called a trump. This is not the same trumpets we find the angels sounding in the book of Revelation. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, which is another passage about the rapture, we read it is the trump of God, not angels. This rapture takes place before the great tribulation in the book of Revelation. We will not be caught up at the last trump in Revelation as some people teach. Let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. In Revelation chapter 4, we read that this trump is the voice of the Lord calling us up. This is when John was caught up to heaven in the Spirit. It is a picture of the rapture of the saints. Let's read Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. 
This world will not hear the voice of the Lord when he calls his children home. For example, as the people did not hear the voice of the Lord in the book of John. John chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Instead, we will hear his voice when he calls us. Why? Because we are his sheep and we know his voice. The Bible tells us that in the book of John, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. We will hear his voice, and he will call us to heaven by name." Next, we have Michael the archangel in these verses. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, we read the archangel coming with the Lord in the clouds. There is only one archangel in the Bible. That is Michael. Why does he show up here in these verses? His presence signifies the start of the great tribulation or Jacob's trouble. So Jesus will be in the clouds, and he's going to call his children home. And with him, we have Michael the archangel, which signifies this is the start of the tribulation. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. We now come to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 53 and 54. Let's read those verses. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. The order of the rapture of the church is the same as it is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First, the dead in Christ will rise. Their corruptible bodies have already decayed in the earth. They will come up with an incorruptible body that will live forever. Second, then we which are alive will be caught up to meet them in the air. This is those with a mortal body, that is a body that is subject to death. They will be given a new body that is incorruptible and cannot die. Let's now read verses 54 and 55. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. There are two quotes that Paul uses in this passage. Death is swallowed up in victory. That is from Isaiah 25, verse 8. And O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? That is from Hosea 13, verse 14. 
If Christ were to come back right now, we would not feel the sting of death. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We would immediately put on immortality. Whether you are living or dead, if you are a child of God, when Christ comes back for you, you will have the victory. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe that? Have you put your faith and trust only in Jesus so you can have everlasting life? I hope so. Sin is what makes you die. If we were sinless, we would not die. The law shows us what sin is. Romans chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Let's now read the last two verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57 and 58. These are wonderful verses. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Praise the Lord, we have the victory already, present tense, through Jesus Christ. As we get closer to Jesus and walk in the Spirit instead of the flesh, we can have victory over sin. Victory over death will be freely given to us as a result of being in Christ. The Bible tells us in verse 58, Therefore, because of the previous verses, we should be faithful in the work of the Lord until He comes. Why get discouraged? We already have the victory. Keep going for the Lord. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The Lord's return for His church should be a great encouragement and comfort for His children. We should be like the Apostle Paul, longing to be with our Savior. And while we are waiting to work for Him, that we may please Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6-9, through 9, the Bible says, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, in willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. The rapture or catching away of the children of God is a great doctrine. I hope you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you, and therefore are a child of God. If not, please consider how much God loved you and how He died on the cross for you. You can then know the joy and peace that Jesus is coming back for you. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you have a wonderful day.